the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? That how then does he see now? Or how then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So, for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have already told you. I have told you already. And you would not listen. Why do I want to hear why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Uh, and they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why this is amazing this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Uh, never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and you and would you teach us? And they cast him out. All right, fun stuff, fun stuff. So uh, this passage, it's, it's a bit sassy <laughs> with a lot of the, the answers that like the parents and the blind, or the previously blind man gives. Um, I don't know, that's just something that I thought while reading it, where it's like, I don't know, he's old enough, you go ask him. And it's like, do you want to be his disciple too? Huh? Why do you keep asking me about him? It's like, it's just kind yeah. of funny to me. Um, yeah. You know, uh, back when I was in RTC, we used to do this Bible study, and the guy who uh, led a lot of the uh, lessons, he said that, like, he notices that there's a lot of this sense of humor in the Bible, and, like, yeah, this this passage definitely just shows that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like, like, I don't want to blaspheme it, but it's almost like a comedy skit. <laughs> Uh, yeah. you ask him and they like shuffle in front of the Pharisees. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go ask him? <laughs> how, um, how did he do it? Where did he come from? I don't know. All I know is I can see. <laughs> yeah. Um so a little bit of context because Moonboy wasn't here. Um in the previous passage, uh Jesus uh found a blind man and he spit into the dirt, rubbed in his eyes, and he said, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. Um and he went and did that, and he came back seeing. And the Pharisees have already questioned him. Um, and so now uh, they just didn't believe him, so they went to his parents. 
Um, so that is where this kind of picks up. And one of the important things that I wanted to illustrate, and I think that Dot that John is kind of illustrating here is the progression of the man that I'll point out again, because the last verse that we ended on is, um, uh, John nine seventeen. So then, so they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? Since he has opened your eyes, he said, he is a prophet. And the progression through the story is the blind man goes from not knowing Jesus to calling him a prophet, to defending Christ among the Pharisees, then to confessing that he is the Son of God and worshiping him. And that's a clear progression of what John kind of wants for readers, is seeing the progression and kind of the little story arc of this man and him coming to Christ um, and saying, look at this, this is what happens, go through the steps, look at what is happening, look at the miracles he is doing, and this is kind of how your experience will probably go. Um, so that's something that I did want to point out. Because uh, it's with doing it in chunks like this and not reading the full passage, uh, it's kind of something that you miss when going over like such big chunks. Or, or such like smaller chunks. Because to me, this is a decent-sized chunk. Because at church, I'm used to going through like three verses. Um, so like this many verses. I don't know, what's, what's 34 minus 18? 16? 16 verses, it seems like a big chunk to me, but under understanding the full scope of a chapter and even going through books and understanding the overall theme of books is equally as important as understanding kind of the smaller details of um, all the verses, which people have a tendency to either do one or the other. Mm. So there's that fun stuff, um, but let's start with verse 18. The Jews did not, or here, before we start, is everyone clear on the context and everything like that that I've just gone over? Any questions? And remember, you can say no. No, I can say no. Okay. You're all good, Moon Boy? Yep. I'm Wonderful. Here. Okay. Um, the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. Like I said, they didn't believe the man. They go to the parents. Um, and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he see now? The essential question he asked to the blind man, How do you see now? Who gave you your sight? Just asking the same thing um, to his parents. His parents answered, we, now, we know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But now, about how he sees, but now, who? Words are difficult, but how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know um, who opened his eyes. Um, ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess um, Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. So that's, that's a pretty reasonable fear. If you are Jewish and you are in this community and the place that you worship is in the synagogue and you are essentially being disfellowshipped, um, then that's like that's a pretty big thing. That's like being kicked out of a church for repeated sin um, where you've become, oh, what's the word? I want to say apostate, but uh, I don't think that's the proper word. I think disfellowshipped is the best word where they no longer recognize. They would excommunicated um not in the way the catholics use it but in the way the bible uses it um so when you uh, 
that's that's essentially the same thing being renounced by the Jews, the people of your faith, being kicked out of a church for what would be repeated sin in denying of repentance of that sin, essentially saying, you are no longer Jewish, you do not have this faith, and we do not recognize you as that. And the Pharisees, the people who are in power of Judaism, they had the ability to do this. They had the ability to disfellowship people, to kick them out. So when you're being questioned by them, you want to not put yourself in that situation you don't want to be disfellowshipped from them, even if you think they're wrong. They just want to distance the situation from themselves. Um, uh, therefore, his parents said he is of age. Ask him. Um, so for the second time, already did this once. They're going to go back at it. Uh, they called the man. Uh, uh, before we go on, something go that really seems to stick out to me about that part is uh, how instead of referring... It does refer to the Pharisees. It says that they feared the Jews, not that they feared the Pharisees, the uh, uh, the man's parents. And I think that's interesting that they use that phrasing because, like, if they're afraid of getting kicked out of the synagogue, that implies that they're also Jewish. So I think that's just... I think um, the word the Jews and the Pharisees have been pretty interchangeable okay. throughout John. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so are these people Jewish leaders? Are they, or what? Repeat the question. Are these okay? Are their parent? Is this family Jewish? Yes. I would say. Otherwise, this yeah. this little next part would mean nothing, and they wouldn't care if the man has broken the Sabbath or anything like that. Because yeah. what would be if you're just a, a Gentile? And they're like, you're no longer allowed to go into the temple. Cool, I never was allowed. Oh, <laughs> like, oh the temple of a religion that I'm not part of. Okay. Oh wow, wait. So you're saying I could go in before? Which? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. One thing that I I would like to add to it is, uh, you know, as far as being excommunicated or or whatever, uh, that would probably also go into. Uh, their jobs and their social life and mm. and everything else because you know at the time Israel is being ran by Rome and so the Jews largely um, you know the only interaction they had was with one another in a lot of cases and so they were probably doing business with with other people that go to the synagogue and uh, largely probably the way that they feed themselves is tied up into being a Jew and being allowed to be seen at these religious slash social events. So yeah, um, carries a huge amount of weight um, outside of, um, you know, it, it does, it is kind of that funny back and forth, but at the same time, it, it'd be like almost if you're, if your boss was like, Hey, uh, did you do this the other day? And you getting a paycheck next week rides on your answer. Yeah, and, uh, it would it would be a very very stressful time, but it also kind of shows the power of Christ in the man that um, he says, "I don't care. All I know is I was blind and I can see. Mm -hmm. You can't do that." Yeah, uh, which that is... happens. Oh, come on, where there's an earlier time, uh, Justin, you might know the reference where Jesus does heal someone. It might be a blind man as well. The lame man, he and he tells, moves his bed? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, he tells him to get up and go to the Pharisees and don't tell anybody so it can be 
so everybody knows it's he's been authentically healed. So the Pharisees have to say, yes, he has been healed, but he doesn't do it. He disobeys Jesus and gets Jesus banned from that place by just going and shouting it. Yeah, so Jesus, this is in John 5, uh, John 5, 8, Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and walk. And once the man was healed, he took up his bed and walked. And now that was a Sabbath day and they confronted him and he said, I've been healed. And this man said to me, take up your bed and walk and just all this stuff. Um, yeah, so Jesus has, both of these healings have happened on the Sabbath, which is kind of funny because it's going at what the Pharisees are wrong about the Sabbath on. Because that's something that, I've Ill that I illustrated back in um, John 5, was that uh, the Pharisees prioritize circumcision over the Sabbath day. So circumcision happens on the eighth day that the baby's born, or the eighth day after the baby's born, and um, they, they uphold that above the circumcision. If that happens to fall on, for at that time it would be a Saturday for them, the, they would rather do circumcision because it brings the baby into the Mosaic Covenant, which they say that they're disciples of Moses, and it makes their body fit into that. Um, it makes their body essentially well uh, for the Mosaic Covenant. But when Christ makes a whole man's body well on the Sabbath day, they try to arrest him and kill, or, yeah, arrest him, maybe kill him. And we know eventually he is killed, <laughs> but, oh gosh, yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers, sorry. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that part yet. Spoilers, um, Jesus dies. Whoa, man, they killed off my favorite character. <laughs> what, I wonder if they're going to retcon it. Um, just wait three days, baby. Just wait three days. Um, let's see, where was I at? Um, for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. Ironically enough, giving uh, praising Jesus would be giving glory to God. Um, and he answered, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing that I do know, the that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have already, I've told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Um, okay. yeah, you're back, you left. Oh, um, yeah, I lost a uh, connection because country internet. Oh, rip. Do you want me to reread the passage for you? Or read the yeah. one that I just read over? Absolutely. Okay, so for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that the that this man is a sinner. It's ironic because giving glory to God would be praising Christ for his works. Um, and they're saying that that's not what gives glory to God. He answered, um, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, uh, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? <clears throat> yeah, so, very, um... Very cheeky remark, um, but his refusal, as we'll see, to back down. Uh, this is um, what's it called? So, like I said, this is the man 
now defending Jesus and saying, uh, I don't care what you're asking me. All I'm saying is Christ did this work to me. And now he's going to go on to say that uh, sinners, that God doesn't listen to sinners, that there is no way that a, a full-on sinner, I use full-on in kind of quotations, um, can do these works of God. Um, and he's defending Christ. He's in that like little middle step between claiming he is a prophet, defending him, then eventually praising him. Um, so, uh, let's see. Uh, verse 28. Uh, and they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. I will take that trade off any day. Um, we know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. Um, so it's kind of, uh, interesting. Uh, were you about to say something? Do, okay, if you had went to, like, the average Jew and asked them, who are you a servant of again? Like, would Moses have been a pretty common answer, or? I have no clue. Either, uh, the Lord or some... I don't think I don't know. It depends. the the state of the state of Israel and its devotion to God has kind of fluctuated, um, and I'm oh. not sure necessarily at this point in time what the average Jew would be believing. Okay, okay. I know there's. So I know, like, my youth group. It's went through. Um, Acts recently, and I know okay. that there is the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they believe different things. Okay. I do not know much about the Sadducees. Would, okay. So, would you don't know if, like, one would believe... It just seems so weird that these that these people who claim to be the priests and, like, the closest to God just say they're servants of Moses. Yeah, I think uh, I just recently read Exodus. Um, and I think the main reason for that is because all of the tradition and the law uh, that these people follow was given directly to Moses from God. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, you know, obviously Moses brought the people out of Egypt you know, that was a big deal, but also Moses was um, one of the very few people who God manifested himself in front of and spoke to. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why they held Moses in such a high regard. And, you know, also when I was reading it, I was like, oh my God, you know, like I never really gave Moses as much thought as I had then, because, <clears throat> like I said, you know, the Lord spoke to him directly and reached down and, um, you know, made his, you know, you know, used him directly and mm. interacted with him directly and ra really raised up the Jewish nation and started um, bringing them back into the promised land with Moses. 
Um, and I think that's probably why they hold him in such high regard because he was a, um, he was a huge, if not the biggest, um, uh, historical person from Israel was, or, you know, the Jew anyway. But, um, yeah. And that makes sense. Like given he gave all the law, all the law came through Moses. Mm-hmm. And so seeing as these people are so legalistic and all their, you know, Sabbath things and circumcision, as you'll see throughout the rest of the New Testament, it makes sense why, like you said, they hold Moses in such high regard. Uh, According to John 5.45, the person... Who ha- I'll just read it. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. Um, for if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. So, one, they're setting their hope in Moses. And this kind of gets into some um, Old Testament and uh, Old Testament and New Testament uh, kind of covenant and how they relate to each other. Um, what, what I think the view in the Old Testament, and if you read in Hebrews, or I shouldn't say that, but if, if you, um, you can say that a lot of the people, um, believe that they were saved by works in the Old Testament. And I think that that is what the Pharisees are believing right now. So when they say, or when Christ says that you have set your hope in Moses, that means that you have set your hope in the works of the law. Whereas the genuine faith in the Old Testament, the people who were actually believers, um, were gained the status of righteousness, think Abraham, um, for believing in the promises of God. So these Pharisees are no longer believing in um, the promises of God. They're believing in the works of the law. And that is ultimately why these people are very lost and that they are angry at the promises of God being fulfilled. All of the promises in the Old Testament, he goes through, like, and he is the fulfillment of it. Whereas they would rather have their hope and keep their hope in Moses, who has given them the law. Whereas Christ said, Moses have re- has wrote of me, these prophecies I have come to fulfill. I am the end of these promises. I'm the fulfillment and my death is the ultimate salvation of these people. And so that's an important thing to remember, is I think that there's a distinction between genuine Old Testament faith and people like the Pharisees who think that they're only saved by the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, whenever Stephen was about to be carried out and, and killed, uh, that was one of the things he said to him, you know, you stubborn and stiff-necked people. You know, just like when the Jews were afraid to enter the promised land. And so they had to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. It's yeah. and essentially the same thing. Guess what it said when, the, when God cast them out for 40 years. You did not enter the promised land because of your disbelief. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not, I mean, there is an argument for belief coinciding with works. Um, and when you believe, believe genuine works will come. 
But the ultimate reason that they had to wander around for 40 more years is because they didn't believe in the promises of God. And that's the thing I was talking about in Hebrews I was going to cite, because um, Hebrews talks a lot about the Old Covenant and why Jesus is the better guarantor of a New Covenant. And that was just one of those major things of these people are being punished because they don't believe in them. They don't believe in the promises. And if they don't believe in the promises, how are they going to believe in the fulfillment of the promises? Yeah, that's that's good. Right, the the whole disbelief, it was more it was really pointing out it was coming right after um you know, the twelve spies went in and they mm -hmm. carried back these huge grapes and they were like, No, we can't do it because everybody's yeah. a giant. Everyone's right? yeah. They did not believe that God would bring them into the promised land even though that that was the promise land. They didn't believe in the promises of God to bring them in the promised land. Um, all right. We are at uh, verse... I guess I'll read over that. <laughs> Not a rabbit hole. It's glorifying to God. Uh, and they reviled him, saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. Again, Jesus is the better guarantor of a new covenant. And the new covenant is better. These people are latching on to an imperfect old covenant. Um, we know that God has spoken through to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the beginning of the world has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. And yeah, it's it's not in any of the Old Testament that um, the eyes of someone who is blind have been opened. Um, at least that's what my study Bible says. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it at its word and not read the entire Old Testament in preparation for this. Um, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not committed. I'm you sorry. Really your, uh, <laughs> You're not mad. Yeah, enough. I'm not mad lad enough. Um. So, important thing about verse 31 is uh, this does not mean that God will do anything you want. Um, the important distinction is the and does His will, meaning that when you are a worshiper of God and your will aligns with God's will then yeah, this stuff's going to happen because it's God's will. It's not, God, give me money, please. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's that, selfish that is, prayers. That is my will. And I that is my will, will. yeah. I'm, just, so, I'm a believer, so like our wills can't be mixed so and match. <laughs> yeah. um, so don't twist that verse, please. Um, you can get some bad heresy from that. Um, right. But yeah, it's, it's also kind of, kind of cool seeing that this is a revolutionary thing. That Christ uh, open, like did something that no one else has done in the Bible. He's just like, here, take some mud and some spit, rub it on your eyes, go wash in the pool of Siloam, and then you're good, and then you can see again. And then the people ask him about it. He's like, no, he's a sinner. You couldn't possibly do that. That's wrong. That's... Have you guys just thought of, like, this blind man traipsing his way over to this pool with some <laughs> mud on his face? This mud on his eyes, just stumbling about. That she probably oh, there, goes, there goes old Reuben again. <laughs> the old beggar on the street walking down to the pool. Let's see what he does this time. Mama, what that man got mud in his ass? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Um, yeah, but I, I definitely think that that's cool. That's like brand new thing, never before seen. Um, Thirty-three. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. True. <laughs> what people who are not in line with God's will will pretty much do nothing. Can't do crap because God is the highest one. If you're in line with His will, then what? Guess what? You're in line with the best will to be in line with. Um, okay. Um, correct me if I'm mistaken. Okay, you're wrong. But, I'm just kidding. Go okay. Ahead. All right. Um, somewhere in somewhere in the Bible, talking okay. about like eschatology, the future. Okay. Like, doesn't it say the Antichrist will do things that are like miracles, supposedly? Like things um, that look like miracles or something or another. I have no clue. You would you would have to give, like, find the verse because I'm not super familiar okay. with that off the top of my head. Um, and I'm th- not either. I'm a, I I think the the most that I've seen with stuff like that is that the Antichrist will bring like destruction. <laughs> And like, or there's that also goes into a whole conversation of, is there one antichrist or is there lots of people who are just actually anti-Christians who will try to wreak havoc, i.e., anarchists? Um, Look, we all know that it's Donald J. Trump. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, but that would probably depend on your eschatology with how you give an answer. If you're a hyper dispensationalist pre-mill, you might say there's only one. If you're not, you might say there's more, but who knows? Um, eschatology is a heavy subject to unpack. Um, there's also a school of thought that believes that the Antichrist will only come around after the rapture. Um, and Antichrist so, will do miracles to gain followers, I believe. Uh, okay. And so it's not... Uh, Basically, I mean, the teach some of the teachings I've heard is like, well, yeah, this is probably what it's going to look like, but it may not matter to Christians. But it's all a lot of the Antichrist stuff is speculation, uh, just because of the nature of his. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I understand it. Okay, I'm I'm just going to this this um. Bible open bible.info slash topics slash the underscore antichrist and I'm just gonna search miracles and uh there is zero results. Yep. Hopefully it's, I'm spelling gosh, miracles right. It's second Thessalonians two. Second Thessalonians? Second Thessalonians two what? I don't just read the first part. The whole chapter. The man of lawlessness. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in the mind or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. The man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God and object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do not re- do not remember that 
when I told you these things, da 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 mysteries of lawlessness, um... Probably right there. All the way- wait, did I pass by it? No, no, no I found it. Don't, oh. don't, 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 Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to, like, find... Because you said Second Thessalonians 2, so I was just trying hey, to find them in the place. Chapter, chapter Eight. 2, verse 9. Yeah, verse 9. Eight, That's nine. Yeah, and the, the lawlessness... The lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They I perish th because they refuse to love the truth, and so be saved. So I definitely okay. think it's, uh... Lying wonders. Okay, cool. False wonders, false miracles. Yeah. All right. Um, it's called a magic trick. <laughs> he's going to go. All magicians him. are the antichrist. Let's let's get him. No, that's. A... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, well, I'm sorry, Bradley. Uh, like the Egyptians, whenever Moses did his miracles, but then Pharaoh's priests were able to recreate them as well. Also. Tacticide, I'm sorry that I ignored you. Is this banana? Breakdown banana? I'm guessing it is. Um, do you believe in modern miracles? I believe that the greatest modern miracle is Christ turning a rebel sinner's heart into a Christian. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Amen. Is that what John MacArthur told you to say? Nope. That's what I've come to on my own. No, it's a, don't make jokes in Bible study. We've never made jokes in this Bible study chat. No. This, yeah, is this is serious this is and bland time, yeah. 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 Also, I, don't, I actually don't know much about John MacArthur. You heckin' liberal. Advanced. I apologize. Oh, he's a bit, yeah, sure. My bad, my bad. We must cast the left Him and all his dispensationalism. Um, sorry if you're dispensationalist. I am not... So I hope the jokes don't offend. For the uh, for the less um, knowledgeable of us who don't know what dispensationalism uh, me, is, of course, <laughs> yeah, of course not you. No, no, not you. Here who don't know what dispensational means or dispensationalist. Okay, so dispensationalism is a form of old covenant and new covenant theology, um, where it is believed that God has um, he has revealed himself in dispensations throughout history. Depending on your degree of dispensationalism, you believe that either they are totally unconnected or they have some sort of connectedness to them. So, for example, a hyper-dispensationalist, someone who is a pastor of churches around me, Andy Stanley, he's a very hyper-dispensationalist, he will say that the law, like the moral law and the Old Testament of law of God, is no longer applied to us whatsoever, going so far as to say that we should unhitch the Old Testament, um because he believes that that's for different people. That includes um, kind of like the moral laws, like the Ten Commandments and stuff like that. He believes that's all in the New Testament and that the Old Testament can almost essentially be done away with, that we should have no faith in the Old Testament. I heavily disagree with him, but through reading stuff like Hebrews, where it goes through the Old Testament, shows the shadows and types of Christ and how we can be pointed to faith even when reading the Old Testament. Um, but So God acts in different dispensations throughout history. Um, those dispensations can vary, so you can, if you're a very non-hyper-dispensationalist, you can say that the whole Mosaic Covenant is one dispensation, or if you're a hyper-dispensationalist, you can break the Mosaic Covenant down into little dispensations or revealings that are all not connected to each other, but are still dispensations where God has revealed himself. Did that make all any right. sense? Uh, 
It would make a little more sense. I wish I could draw a graph. Is that? <laughs> what is the definition of dispensation? Let me pull it up. Dispens. I got most of it, and I have. I watched like a podcast. Uh, exemption so from a rule or usual requirement, a system of order, government, or organization of a nation. Um, in theology, in theology, one meaning of the term dispensation is a distinctive arrangement or period in history that forms a framework through which God relates to mankind. That's what a dispensation is. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's there's lots of different Old Covenant, New Covenant theology and stuff like that. Presbyterians have their own one. Uh, Reformed Baptists have their own one. Fun fact, that's why Presbyterians sprinkle babies is because of their Old and New Covenant theology. They believe it to be, um, the Old and New Covenant, to be the same in substance but different in administration. And what that means is that circumcision is now replaced by the by sprinkling the babies as baptism, as a dedication to Christ in the New Covenant. So if you ever wondered that... Baptism is basically now... Baptism basically replaces circumcision? That is what they would argue. I disagree with it. That's why they sprinkle babies. Don't Presbyterians also believe in predestination? Oh, careful for lobbing that term around, because I'm a a Calvinist boy. Uh Uh-oh. I'm a Reformed boy, uh oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Trust me, I will. I will not mislead you. This is going to turn us all into like uh-huh. hyper Calvinist. Oh yeah, hyper Calvinist. You, your boy, uh, you need to go and really go down the rabbit hole of Arminianism, and just that way we can have like a nice yin and yang. Oh wait, but then again, your boy's never here. So your boy's also I Calvinist. I need to go and recruit a couple of people to oh, yeah. be like hardcore Arminianist so I can um That's fine. I'm willing to have a uh civil discussion. I believe that there's y'all are still brothers in Christ even if you disagree on that one particular thing. I think you're wrong, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> um Um I'm a C.S. Lewis mere Christianity type of dude myself. I, <laughs> I, I like a lot of, uh, I, don't know, I love all Christians in general. Um, and I think there are some, some beliefs out there that I don't necessarily agree with, but uh, as long as we can agree on the core fundamental things, good discussion can be had. And my mind can be changed because I could be wrong, and I probably am wrong about a lot of things. Yeah. Except for... There's some things where it's like... They claim to be Christian, but they're not. I.e. Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. no, I I don't include them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Mormonism is just like... Mormonism, maybe, I... I don't know enough about it to just... The institution of Mormonism, no. Maybe individual Mormons can have the the have been graced with uh making their own theology from the bible and not necessarily believing what the institution declares as its theology because it's dangerous to speak about every single individual like that but 
Because, you know, there's sometimes people move out to, like, Utah. Like, Southern Baptists move out to Utah, and they can stay in a Mormon church for, like, four years, and they don't get to any of the weird stuff until, like, long-time membership because they want to be as appealing to the public as possible. All right. Enough with this rabbit hole. <laughs> let's let's finish. What is this? Should we? Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that debate. You're being incoherent, Andy. <laughs> um, Andy Stanley makes the weirdest arguments. He's like, would the New Testament exist if pens didn't exist? And he's like, what are what? you talking about? Yeah, I, it's weird. <laughs> he's like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. <laughs> I just think he's wrong. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> verse 33. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So we've already been over that. 34. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. So oh. this 34 kind of harkens back to um, uh, kind of the Jewish belief that people who were born with physical ailments that was due to a particular sin of the person, whether in the womb or in young life, or a particular sin of the parents, because one of the first questions asked in John 9 when they approach, okay, and yeah. let me pull up John 9, was um, Jesus, who sinned this man or his parents, uh, which is John 9, 2, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents, that he was born blind, and Jesus essentially says, we live in a, this is a fallen world. This can just happen yeah. to people. Um, and that it's not because of particular sin, but it's because of the most significant sin, i.e. original sin. Original sin, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it's neat how it comes full circle with the, um, with the beginning, who sinned this man or his father, and then over here, the Pharisees being confused about the same thing. Yeah. Um, and they're like, they're kind of like, you're trying to teach us? The dude who was born in sin, unlike us holy Pharisees? Get out! And they cast him out. Um, uh, so, essentially mocking him for not being as pure as they think that they are. They look into a broken mirror, or they look into a mirror when they themselves are broken, they see a broken mirror, not a broken man, because they're perfect. Um, yeah, and they cast them out. So the thing that his parents were afraid would happen to them, this man stands in defense of Christ and happens to him. He's cast out of the temple. Cast out of the, what is this supposed to be? The synagogue. Um, yeah. His life is, uh, is forever changed. The Jews disfellowship him. You can no longer worship with us. Even though you're from our bloodline, too bad. Get out. Um, yeah. That's, we end on a bit of a solemn note, but, you know, that's that's where we end. Um, Excuse me. Yeah, Excuse who me. burped? What you, Bradley? No. Speak up. Give um, glory to God. So, <laughs> anything that Anyone wants to add or has questions about? It's interesting that it's all come full circle. When the Jews lost faith in God and they were uh, cast out of the promised land, and now this man is showing faith in the true Messiah, and he's been cast out of the synagogue. Thanks for the um, sub, your boy Brad. I appreciate it.
or he just he just subbed to my Twitch stream, and uh, his comment was hoop. Very very cool. Um, Tacticide, by the way. I'm glad that poop caught your attention more than yeah. my uh, my my silly little rambling there. <laughs> thank thank you, yeah. Justin. Very cool. Sorry, I just I have to be a good streamer, dude. I can't I can't mess up my jam. <laughs> By the way, Tacticide, you can join this if you want. I'll send you an invite to the Discord, and you can get in on this. But is this? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're breakdown banana, right, Tacticide? Just get a little confirmation, yes, for me in chat, if that's true. All right, sorry. Go ahead. All comes full circle. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so you heard what I was saying there? Um It all comes full circle. I probably missed the ending part and I'm sorry. So if you could okay, repeat so, it for me. So alright, so yeah, it all comes full circle. The Jews, when they lost faith in God, were cast out of the promised land and forced to wander in the desert for forty years. Mm -hmm. And now this man is showing faith in the Messiah and he's been cast out of the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of juxtaposes that. Moon Boy is now Moon Boy thirty two, not even Moon Boy. You couldn't yoink Moon Boy. Unfortunate. Thanks yeah, for the follow. Yeah, it's it's poetic. It's po it's poet. Okay. Yeah, the the juxtaposition of being cast out for unbelief, where this man is cast out for belief. I like it. Mm. Wonderful. Anything Moon Boy or Winston? I think I'm good. I think you I think you're good. this enough times this uh, uh -huh. Bible study. It's fine. It's yeah. been fun. Moon Boy's good. Uh, what about what about you, Bradley? What was the question? Just anything to add to what we've gone over? Or any questions just, about what's just, what we've done? Um, Do you still want to know the difference between a Sadducee and a Pharisee? I would actually like to. I've I've heard Pharisee a lot, but I've very rarely heard uh Sadducee. In um, short, a Sadducee is a liberal cuck. Um, okay. So, a Pharisee is someone who who believes not just the first like, you know, five books of the Bible, like the Torah and stuff, like our God, uh, God, whatever, but also then like the actual uh, like uh, oral, oral uh, word of God. So like you know the other parts of the Old Testament. It's like the Psalms, uh, Proverbs. Yeah, the, and like the, the Minor Prophet. Yeah, exactly. Like literally uh, all okay, the um... So, whereas the Sadducees only believe the first five books are God's word and then uh, are way more like political in abandoning their Jewishness for the sake of like military and uh political advantage so in the first century like the context of this uh, chapter or i mean this book and like you know first century christianity and stuff and then like seeing the pharisees rome didn't really like pharisees because they were very much like yeah we'll kind of pay taxes but like we don't like caesar whereas like Sadducees were like, yeah, yeah, hell Caesar, hell Caesar, yeah, he's pretty cool, man. Mm. Whatever, whatever gets us to not be murdered. Oh, it so took so long to. Difference between like Hasidic Jews and traditional, just like normal Jews. In Hasidic who? Hasidic um, Jews. Hasidic who? Like super. I'm, yes. I'm just kidding. I mean, in the, except for the fact that Hasidic Jews also believe in like the Talmud and stuff, and like 
yeah, all of that. Cool. So it, it gets kind of weird because they started just like coming up I with new concepts. I, I want to believe in the Sephiroth era. You ever heard of that? The Sephiroth era? Sephiroth era. Can't say. Like, I haven't heard of that, but I want to. It's it supposedly outlines the numerology and methodology that God used to create the universe. Hmm. So Christianity for math nerds. What? Kind of. It, it, like, it basically gives all the outline that Kabbalists end up using to make the tree of life, like the Kabbalistic tree of life and everything. Is this from Final Fantasy? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't want to believe in a Final Fantasy game. That sounds pretty tight, man. (laughs) That would be sick. Someone should make a game and call it Mystical Judaism. (laughs) I belong to... I belong to the Church of the Doom Slayer. All right, wait. Oh, wait, it's like Mystical... Oh, with the, um... Is that what you're talking about? It's like... Spe- like yeah, mysticism. yeah like it's Jewish, oh, Jewish oh, mysticism. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. Like I didn't the, know that was what it was called. Yeah, yeah, there's some weird um. This girl I know in high school used to pray to some like angel thing from that belief set, and like I've done that before. She's like, <laughs> so you want to be that? Well, I'm very interested in Kabbalistic magic and Jewish mysticism because it's actually had some effects on my consciousness when I've used it. I don't doubt that. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I don't really dabble in that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I will say you can either be a Christian or a Jewish mysticist. You can't be both. So. Are you sure? Uh pretty sure. I mean, it's it's one thing to study, but it's another to go out and practice it because that's uh, all all that stuff. Kind of a, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a gray area. I get yeah. that. It's, it just it just just doesn't sit right with me. Like, why why go out and do all this this extra weird tread into this extra weird territory? There's also been. In the Old Testament, whenever they talked about not consorting with uh, sorcerers, yeah, sorcerers, and um, which that's a very the occult, very broad definition. It's always hard. I've always wanted to know exactly what a sorcerer is and exactly what sorcery is, so I can avoid it. (laughs) But it's hard to tell. I would say, in general, a good rule to follow is. Uh, if it's a gray area, you should probably look and not leap. Okay. Um, in my opinion. I thought this was a really good sermon slash readable article. Uh, I think like a year and a half ago, I was looking into kind of just mysticism in general and like the occult and, you know, where lines can be drawn with, you know, like uh 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 tarot cards and all this you know all the other just kind of dabbling in that uh this is a pretty good article video sermon thing hold on let me here on that entire kind of concept that could probably help at least start some like i guess conceptually some uh, arguments 
against probably <coughs> like uh Kabbalists and Jewish mysticists and magical Kabbalism and stuff, whatever. All right. Let um anyway. we can continue talking after. Let me let me pray for us and uh, um yeah, we'll we'll be done. But like I said, conversation doesn't have to cease. Um any any prayer requests? Um uh Joe, let's start with you. Anything? Um, you had the whole you had you had uh, 52 minutes and actually 53 minutes and 1 second to think about it. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> If it's nothing, it's fine. Yeah, I can't really I don't really have anything. Well, I guess okay, here's here's something. Um there's this girl that I've been talking to, uh trying to set up going on a date with her. It's a little little hectic because I work third shift and she also has a job as a bartender, so she's working nights as well. But uh yeah. uh I guess just that uh you know, it's one thing if she's she's got the looks or the personality, but you know, you gotta be with a good a good God fearing girl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh yeah, hopefully she's uh She's uh, she's uh, got her her heart on fire for Jesus. Yeah, um, Moon Boy with sickness, Winston with song singing and preparation. Uh, what about you, Banana? Any prayer request? I would say I just need guidance in what I should be studying because my faith has been very weak lately, and I'm trying mm -hmm. to I'm trying to reconnect with God, but it's it can be difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's understandable. What about you, Bradley? Uh, I don't know. All right, Bradley's life is perfect. Okay, <laughs> health as well. All right, um, let me pray for us. Uh, dear Lord, um, I thank you for this time that we're able to study your word intentionally and uh, glorify you, God, and just see what your word has to tell us and uh, how we're supposed to respond to it, Lord. Um, I just pray for this group of people that we will be able to go throughout our weeks glorifying you, reading your word, and loving your word, Lord. Um, I pray for Banana um, in his uh, time of struggling and wanting to reconnect with you, Lord, that he will be able to study your word fervently, Lord, and uh, that you'll be able to guide him through that, and that he will eventually be able to just understand what is true and what is right and how to have a relationship with you, Lord. Um, I pray for Joe with uh, female relations, that he is able to date well and that um, date, in, and to date intentionally, Lord, that uh, it's all with the purpose of glorifying you and reflecting uh, your eventual marriage to the church, Lord. Um, I just pray that the girl that he meets will be on fire for Jesus and that, uh, you know, some gal that you can do a Bible study with. Um, I pray for uh, Moon Boy with his uh, health. He's been sick for the past couple days. That you will give him health and that he will glorify you in his recovery. Um, I pray for Winston that he is able to uh, study and practice uh, these songs well, these songs that are meant to glorify you, God, that he will be able to glorify you through them. Um, 
and that he will be diligent and that he will have a Christian work ethic with it. Um, I pray for Bradley. Uh, his back hurts. Just give him rest, Lord. He works too hard. Just give him, give him a day off and that he'll just still glorify you and read your word. Um, yeah, I just pray for myself uh, to just be diligent in school and diligent in reading your word, Lord, and that I'll be diligent with these Bible studies and continue to study your word, to enjoy with people and teach people and, and learn more from these people. Um, I just thank you again for this medium and this time that we're able to read your word and glorify and pray and just worship you, God. Um, it's in your wonderful and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.